Husbands, love your wives, just as Messiah also loved his community and gave himself up for her, to make her holy, having cleansed her by immersion in the word. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 and 26. As we make our way through the month of Elul, we consider in this season of repentance the ministry of the Holy Spirit and the preparation for the fall feasts. We considered the source of the Spirit, who sent the Holy Spirit, as we looked at Hoshiana Rabbah, the last day of the Feast of Sukkot, or Tabernacles. We then considered the work of the Holy Spirit, and now we'll consider the washing of the Spirit. So we'll look at a beautiful presentation in Ephesians about how the Messiah is washing and preparing us, preparing to take us to the place that he has prepared. And of course, we look at this through the lens of the Hebrew marriage, the Jewish wedding ceremony. But as we consider it today, we'll look closely at the result of the washing. How will we know even as we're being washed here and now, as we're experiencing the now but not yet, as we're in this process of sanctification before the Lord, how do we experience this? How do we recognize this? How can we look to Scripture for examples of sanctification, the change that happened because of the washing, the renewal, and the work of the Spirit? So, we'll consider this all very briefly in this podcast today. So, friends, welcome to Messiah and Life. I'll pick up again in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, just as Messiah also loved his community and gave himself up for her, to make her holy, having cleansed her by immersion, by baptism in the word, or the washing of the word. Messiah, Messiah, excuse me, pages are stuck together. Messiah did this so that he might present to himself his glorious community, not having stain or wrinkle or any such thing, but in order that she might be holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Since the time of Messiah's ascension, since the apostles witnessed him ascending from the Mount of Olives. We've been in this period of bridal preparation, and we've been on this in this work of the Great Commission. And Paul, as he's writing to the Corinthian congregations, reminds them of this work. As he writes, For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy, for I betrothed you to one husband to present you to Messiah as a pure virgin, pure, spotless, blameless. As Messiah, as Messiah is ministering to us through the Holy Spirit and the washing of the word, Paul is seeing this as the preparation of the bride so that we are presented to him. Even when we look back at all of the ways that we have gone astray, all the things that we have done in this life that would disqualify us to be even in the presence of the Holy Lord, 
He is saying he's going to present us. Why? Because we've been washed and we are being made new. So in our opening text from Ephesians 5, Paul is describing that relationship between Messiah and his bride by a way of holy relationship. Holy relationship through the marital union. But then he provides a description of that process. And it might seem a little confusing, but he's getting to the point of of how the Messiah is doing this. He writes in 25 and 26 of Ephesians 5, to make her holy, set apart, set apart from and unto, having cleansed her by the washing of the water in the word, another variation of that um, kind of complex Greek phrase to render. Messiah did this so that he might present to himself, to himself, his glorious community, his glorious church, not having stain or wrinkle or any such thing, but in order that she might be holy and blameless. So this describes the process of sanctification of the bride on and for her wedding day. She undergoes this prenuptial washing or mikvah. Uh, the mikvah is the, the pool of water and the tevila is the immersion in the water, the going under, we might say. And after washing, the bride would be perfumed. She'd be anointed. She'd be clothed in white garments. She'd be prepared for the ceremony. And after that preparation, she would be removed from her father's house in order to go to the house of the groom. And if you recall, of course, Yeshua said that he goes to prepare a place for us. In my father's house, there are many staying places. <clears throat> Some of you are probably used to in my father's house, there are many mansions and so on. But he's really talking about staying or abiding places that are connected to the father's house, just as uh, would have been done in the first century. So the washing in the word it may sound a little strange to our ears today, but the washing refers, of course, to the water, and the water is a reference to the Holy Spirit by the message of the gospel, by the word of God. And this is a continual cleansing that comes as the Holy Spirit dwells in us, and as he continues to sanctify us daily by washing this new heart to do the word of God that is now written upon our hearts. Paul writes the, of this in First uh, Corinthians 6, after he lists a number of sins and lifestyles um, that his audience had partaken of before communion, uh, before conversion and before communion. He writes this in 9, verse, uh, 9 through 11, that is what some of you were. So after the list, he says, that is what some of you were. But you were washed, you were made holy, you were set right in the name of the Lord, Yeshua the Messiah, and by the Spirit of our God. So, we see five points here that we have been washed, even with all that would have disqualified us in faith by Messiah, we've been washed. We've been made holy. In other words, now in our redemption, we have been set apart from and to. We've been set right all of the ways that would have disqualified us, all of the things that would have made us uh, unacceptable before God have been set right in the name of, of course, in the name of Yeshua, the Messiah, and by the Spirit of the living God, the Holy Spirit. 
Now, this is all premised on the message of forgiveness. And here we find the the, uh, connection to Yom Kippur and the type that is given to us by Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonements, which illustrates the transformative power of the Holy Spirit. So, the message of Yom Kippur and this season of the repentance that we're in gives us this lasting hope and the opportunity for real change. Why? Because the message of Yom Kippur and the message of regeneration and the message of washing is that we can be changed. It's that we're not stuck as we once were, but we can be changed. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs writes this, uh, writes regarding repentance and change. Tshuva, repentance itself, is premised on the proposition that we can change. All too often we tell ourselves we can't. We're too old, too set in our ways. It's too much trouble. When we do that, we deprive ourselves of God's greatest gift to us, the ability to change. Moses, explaining in the details of Yom Kippur to the children of Israel, he says, For on that day, he, the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, makes atonement for you. He covers you to cleanse you, to be clean from all your sins before the Lord, Leviticus 16, verse 30. So, forgiveness allows for change. And if we look at some of the great personalities in Scripture, we find that Scripture never washes over the the shortcomings of individuals in the Bible. We never find it hiding them. It's always prominent. It's always present. Why? Because the Lord doesn't use those who are perfected. He perfects those that he is going to use. When we consider this, Moses, he insists that he's slow of speech. In other words, that he has a stutter, something he just is not as eloquent as he should be, but yet he becomes one of the most eloquent speakers in history. And we see this evidenced in the sermons in Deuteronomy. Pinchas or Phineas, we see a transformation in him from this zealous vigilante in Numbers to a peacemaker in Joshua 22. Joshua himself changes from this quiet, hidden disciple of Moses to the bold leader of a nation. Think of the people of Nineveh. They're giving, they're given a 40 day warning until their destruction. But they receive a reprieve because of repentance, forgiveness, and restoration. Peter, beautiful example, denies the Messiah. He flees for his life, but through forgiveness, he boldly proclaims Messiah even unto death. John the Apostle, the famous son of thunder, becomes the apostle of love. Paul, from persecutor of Messiah, to proclaimer of the power of his message. Forgiveness by the message of the gospel, by the shed blood of Yeshua, the shed blood of Jesus, washes us as the Holy Spirit ministers to us. Therefore, having been cleansed of sin, being removed, of course, as far as the east is from the west, gone forever, we're now free to allow the knowledge of godliness that will allow it to influence us, enter into our lives, control us, demonstrate the way to go before us 
and allowing for and demonstrating that change has occurred in us. All of these examples and so many more can be used to encourage us that we can change by the power of God through the washing of the Word, the washing of the Holy Spirit, by the sanctification of the Messiah. He has made us free to be able to walk in this. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And now, as the cleansed and prepared bride of Messiah, we can follow him as the Holy Spirit wooed us to do in the first place. My dear friends, no matter what it is that you have come out of, what still might be echoing in your mind as some type of disqualification, remember that the Messiah is continually washing you and whatever and from wherever he has rescued and redeemed you, he will use that to be a glorification of himself so that you might minister to those who are still in that situation. So that when your life intersects with theirs, they will see that there is hope for change and that real change is possible. And they do not have to stay in the place where they feel most stuck. So I hope and pray that this short message today on the washing of the Spirit, the washing that we receive in the Spirit, will give you the encouragement to walk in that, to share it, and to glorify the God who rescued you and who has brought brought you to himself through his Son by the Holy Spirit. So until we meet again, I thank you as always for listening, and I hope and pray you'll join for part four of the short series on the month of Elul and the preparation for the fall feasts. May the Lord richly bless each and every one of you, no matter where you are in the world today. May the Lord bless and keep each and every one of you in the mighty name of Messiah Yeshua, Jesus. Amen. Amen.